Blog Talk Radio. Slash Gant. You can send messages to the show on Twitter at GoForItGant, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. And, and while you're there on Twitter, give us a follow at GoForItGant. Great show lined up for you today. We're going to be talking a lot of great things. Des Bryant, you're going to get my take on that. This video that's out there. Uh, Josh Hamilton. Is Josh Hamilton really any different than Josh Gordon? We'll discuss. Derrick Rose. And what happens with Derrick Rose moving forward? That should be interesting to discuss. James Winston and Marcus Mariota, both at the Combine, both seem to have a lot of success. We'll see moving forward what's going to happen between those two, but we'll discuss it, and we'll get right down to all the great things in the world uh, sports, a lot of things to talk about, a lot of things to discuss. Let's get right down to it. Let's start now in the National Basketball Association, the NBA. And starting there, Derrick Rose had his surgery today. And he has knee surgery, torn meniscus. And, and the reports are four weeks. So four weeks is the earliest maybe four to six weeks, that should put him back in time around the play. That should put him back in the mix around playoff time. And so, you know, you thought at one point with Derrick Rose that he was done, that it was over, that he was done for the year one more time. But now, after the surgery, and we weren't sure, you know, that we would find out a lot more after surgery. Surgery is done, and it seems like Derrick Rose will be back before the season's over. That's a good thing. Because, you know, you, you you hate to see anybody that's a fan of the game hates to see Derrick Rose get injured. Anybody that loves the sport of basketball hates to see Derrick Rose get injured. I love the sport, and I would hate to see Derrick Rose go down. I mean, Derrick Rose, he's been non-existent the past two seasons. You know, the past three seasons in terms of the ACL, in terms of the meniscus. I mean, three straight injuries, three straight years, three straight injuries. Well, you look at the, the – he had the ACL. He missed the following season. Then he had came back, had the meniscus tear, missed that season, and now we have this. So you, you, want, you want him, obviously, to get through a season. And maybe he'll never be the player that he once was. I mean, maybe he'll never get back to that MVP, uh, you know, the MVP level. And here's also the thing that has to be going through the minds of the Chicago Bulls moving forward. I mean, 
you know, you're building, you, you build your team in some respect around Derrick Rose, and you could argue now at this point that Derrick Rose isn't even the best player on the team. You could argue that Jimmy Butler is the best player on that team. You know, Pal Gasol is having a sensational season. You know, he's one of the better players on that team. So Butler, Gasol, those guys have been getting it done throughout the course of this season and probably have been the best two players on the Chicago Bulls thus far. So you can argue that this is not even Derrick Rose's team anymore. But, you know, obviously the role of Derrick Rose is going to ch- is changing, and it may continue to change and may get to a point where he, I'm not to say he's a role player, but he's not going to be the guy. He could be the third guy. You know, obviously Jimmy Butler and Pal Gasol are one and two at this point in time. But you, you, you just want to see Derrick Rose get through a season. You want to see, if possible, Derrick Rose get back to that MVP form that he once had. I don't know if he'll ever get back to that form. I, I, you know, the reality is he may never, never be that guy, and that's unfortunate. But, you know, leg injuries, you know, big-time knee injuries with small guards, guys who rely on their quickness to help them, guys who rely on their athleticism to help them. I mean, it, it hurts them. It hurts their game. But the good news, Derrick Rose probably will be back four to six weeks, and, and he'll be back this year. He'll play again. And that's great news for the Chicago Bulls. You just wonder, in terms of Derrick Rose, mentally, you know, uh, mentally now, the ACL, the meniscus, and then the meniscus, meniscus again. Now it's a mental hurdle that he has to overcome. And you talk to Thomas Davis, guy who overcame three ACLs. Injuries, you know, you need to talk to him because I think Thomas Davis could have some great advice for Derrick Rose moving forward and what Derrick Rose could do. I mean, mentally, because that's what the, that's going to be the thing. I think he's going to come back physically and be fine. I think it's a mental hurdle that he must continue to overcome if he wants to have a level of success in this league, if he wants to stay healthy in this league. And so, I'm just wishing and I'm hoping that Derrick Rose will. Come back. Well, I think he's going to come back, but I hope he comes back. And I hope he comes back and, and can regain that 2010-2011 form that he had and get that MVP form that he had and, and, and be the guy who many thought would be, you know, many thought, he's the face of that franchise. At least he was the face of that franchise. And I guess you can argue he still is. But you want him to start playing like it. And then before the injury, he was playing like it. He was, he was picking up his game. His game was picking up a little bit before he went down. And, you know, when I, again, when I first heard the news, I was like, man, not again. Not again. I mean, Derrick Rose seems like a good dude. Not again. And, you know, you just – I mean, when, when he went down against the Philadelphia 76ers in, in that lockout-shortened season – back in 2011, and tore his ACL. And, you know, I I was like, I mean, that was a Bulls team that had championship aspirations. That was a Bulls team that had the number one seat in the Eastern Conference. That was a Bulls team that many thought could compete with the Miami Heat in terms of trying, of trying to get to the finals. That was a Bulls team. That we thought had had they not thought they had championship aspirations that year. Back in 2012, I said 2011 was 2012, 2011 2012 season. They had championship aspirations. They wanted to go, and many thought they could get to the NBA Finals and beat the Heat. But after he tore his ACL, 
it was a wrap for the uh, Chicago Bulls. After he tore his ACL, Chicago Bulls ultimately would lose to the Philadelphia 76ers in that round, first round. So, you know, it's it's an unfortunate situation. It was an unfortunate situation. This is an unfortunate situation. But at some point, sometime, the Chicago Bulls have to figure out what they're going to do with Derrick Rose. 2011-2012 was the lockout season. I was correct. But they they, they got to figure out in terms of where is he standing in terms of his role and how they're going to uh, view him moving forward. Get Jimmy Butler. He's going to be a free agent. You've got to pay him. And, and so you got to figure those things out. The Bulls have some uh, questions they have to answer moving forward when it comes to the health and when it comes to the to the future of Derrick Rose and when it comes to the role of Derrick Rose moving forward. And those questions will be answered at some point in time. We shall see. Let's switch gears now. Last night we saw LeBron James. LeBron James was a man on a mission last night. Le- LeBron James played like a guy who felt like, you know what, I'm the MVP. And he went up against Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, the Splash Brothers, if you will. He went, he went against those guys last night, and we've been talking about uh, Steph Curry as being an MVP candidate. We talked about Steph Curry as, as being a guy that, you know, along with James Harden, we talked about Steph Curry being an MVP candidate, James Harden as well, but we also talked about the Golden State Warriors and them being a team that has championship aspirations and them being one of the better teams in this league. Last night, the LeBron James and the, Miami, and the Cleveland Cavaliers said, you know what, we got a lot to prove. LeBron, I got to prove that I'm still the MVP of this league. The Cavaliers, we got to prove that we're still a team, even though we got off to a slow start, we're coming. And we're still a team to be reckoned with. We're a championship-caliber basketball team. And quite frankly, after some of the moves they made, which have been great moves, I mean, kudos to the Cavalier organization for some of the moves they made to, to reshape their team. I mean, they made moves, and each move that they made has turned to gold. I mean, they, they touch and, and get rid of Deion's waiters and, and bring in Amon Shumpert and bring in a J.R. Smith. That move turned to gold. Both have contributed. J.R. Smith has been a model citizen. And one thing about J.R. Smith, say what you will about him, say he parties too much, maybe he does. Say he's a knucklehead, maybe he is. But this guy's putting the ball in the basket. He's putting the ball in the basket for the Cavaliers. He's playing, playing his role. You know, Shumpert, obviously, he's coming back, and you got a guy, he's back, but he, you know, he's out for a little bit, but you got a guy who can defend, a wing defender. You have him. Now you got, you're taking care of that. Mozgov, Timothy Mozgov, you got a guy now who's a rim protector. So you bring that into the mix. So you get a Mozgov, you, you get Smith, you get Shumpert, you add a Kendrick Perkins. And, you know, we'll see what Kendrick Perkins does. Maybe he's six fouls, maybe he's not. You know, maybe maybe he can contribute, maybe he can't. But he's a guy who's been through a lot of champ- uh, playoff wars, playoff battles, a guy who's won a championship in this league, a, a guy that's had a-, a success doing what he does, the dirty work. You know, getting a rebound, you know, protecting the basket. You know, being that guy, being a tough, rugged defender. And so you got another guy in Kendrick Perkins that helps. I thought Golden State should have went after Perk. 
to give him a level of, a, a level of uh, insurance just in case Andrew Bogut goes down. Because you have a guy who, who can do what he has to do defensively, can rebound the basketball. I mean, Perk is, is who he is. He's, he's not anything special, but he, he can help. He can help, and we'll see how much he helps the Cavaliers. You can never have too much front court depth, and, and the Cavaliers, they can use it. They could definitely use it. But we'll see what happens, and we'll see what the role Perk has had, will have and has not been much of a role so far, but he's just getting started. But anyway, the Cavaliers now are, are a team that's poised and primed to, to make a run in the Eastern Conference. And if I was, and they're making a run, but they're poised and primed to be a team to beat in the Eastern Conference. I don't care what the records say. I don't care if the Atlanta Hawks have a nine-game lead on the Cavaliers. I don't care. If the Cavaliers and the Atlanta Hawks were to meet in the Eastern Conference Finals, because at this point in time, being that Cavaliers are the third seed and Atlanta is the first seed, if those two teams were to meet in the Eastern Conference Finals, I still would favor the Cleveland Cavaliers at this point in time. And that's nothing against the Hawks, because the Hawks are playing some good big-time basketball. The Hawks have had success not only against teams in the East, but they had success against teams in the West. What, 16-4 and against teams in the West? I mean, so they've had a lot of success against teams out in the West. And we talk about the big, bad Western Conference, but the Atlanta Hawks has beaten a lot of the big and bad in the Western Conference. So Atlanta's a tough team. I mean, don't get me wrong. Atlanta's going to be a tough out. Toronto's going to be a tough out. Washington's slipping at this point in time. But Toronto and Atlanta are going to be tough outs. Out for whoever plays that. So, you know, you, you look at it, I like the way the Cavaliers are playing right now. I, I really do. They seem to be clicking. They seem to be coming together. Kyrie's having a little issue with the shoulder, but at this point you see he's day-to-day. Nothing was really seen on that MRI, so he's day-to-day at this point in time. But you want you, – you're peaking, I think, at the right time if you're a Cavaliers. You're playing big-time basketball at the right time if you're a Cavaliers. And LeBron, last night, a 40-point explosion – for the Cavaliers last night, and, and they dominated the Golden State Warriors, GSW. They dominated them. And they dominated them, dominated Golden State because of the play of King James. I mean, he's still not going to be the MVP in my mind. Got started a little too late. Steph Curry, tremendous season. James Harden, I think those two are the two favorites. I think those two are the two clear-cut favorites. I mean, you could talk Westbrook. But his team's an eighth seed, so he's really not going to be in the mix. But you could talk Westbrook because Westbrook has been playing some big-time basketball. Big-time basketball. But anyway, Curry and Harden are the two guys that you point to. And I guess now you could throw LeBron James into the mix. You could throw LeBron in the mix now. So a lot of guys you can throw in the mix. Well, not a lot of guys. Only three guys. Curry, Harden, Bron. And I, if I were to pick, and, you know, usually MVP, best player on the best team. And so the best player on the best team is Steph Curry. And Golden State doesn't have the best record. Well, they do percentage-wise. They do have the best record. Check that. But they're close. Them and the Atlanta Hawks are going back and forth. But anyway, best record, best team, best player on the best, rec- on the best team, and that's Golden State and that's Steph Curry. Houston's right there. Fixed back. They're coming, but the Western Conference is, is, is 
I don't want to say a mess because it's just it's just tough, hard nosed, big time basketball being played by a lot of teams, a lot of teams. You know, Golden State. They're, I mean, I, I I talked about it last week. Eight, each of these eight teams in the Western Conference playoffs have a legitimate shot. You can make a, an argument for them making it to the NBA Finals. You can make that argument. And there's going to be a good some good basketball teams. Phoenix and New Orleans who are on the outside looking in who really are playoff teams if we really look at it. But they're going to be the outside looking in. And I wonder and I hope. I actually think, you know, I know Adam Silver has been talking about this idea of, of changing the playoff format. And, and I hope they kind of – there's a side of me that would like them to change it. I think it would be interesting because if you take the best 16 teams regardless of conference, that to me is exciting. The best 16 regardless of conference. So you're talking about – if we're talking about the best 16. Atlanta, Golden State, Memphis, Houston, that's five, four, Toronto, five, Cleveland, six, Portland, seven, Chicago, eight, Dallas, nine, Clippers, ten, San Antonio, eleven, Oklahoma City, twelve, Milwaukee, thirteen, New Orleans and Phoenix, fourteen and fifteen. And I guess that would be Miami would be 16. So the best 16 teams, regardless of conference. That'd be interesting. That'd be interesting to see. I would love to see it. I would love to see it. And I hope that we, at some point, Don, that maybe we do see it. Chelsea, when we come back, we're going to talk, and you're going to get my take on Des Bryant. Is this a witch hunt? You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... I that doesn't mean see. anything in the playoffs time. When the playoffs come, it doesn't bro. mean anything. I uh, was trying to throw you. you know I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. <laughs> we see what you can do. We've seen it. <laughs> I would never bring my wife around you. I yeah, just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all right. That's not Rocky. <laughs> That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're Thanks. very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. <laughs> so- and we're back. Go for it. BlogTalkRadio.com slash pcan. Hit us up at 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. Hit us up on Twitter at go for again. Des Bryant. And the whole situation now, as we know, Des is a free agent. Des is about to get paid. 
Dez has played, and, and you can make an argument that Dez is the best wide receiver in the game of football. He had a monster year for the Dallas Cowboys, a monster year. One of the reasons the Cowboys had the type of success that they had. You know, he's the reason. He's one of the big reasons. And here's the thing. Now we, 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 when contract time comes around, Cowboys are figuring out, you know, do we franchise them? You know, do we give them that long-term big money deal? What do we do? What do we do? And now there's video, you know, there's talk of a video of a Walmart incident back in 2011. Now I'm, I'm on here and I'm, and I'm seeing TMZ now has a story where Des Bryant back in 2012 when he had the incident with his mother and, you know, the fight with his mother. And, and now, you know, there's a video from 2012 of his mother talking about the incident. All these things are, are, are coming out now. All these things are, are, are coming out. Now, where were they in the regular season? Where, where were they in the regular season? I mean, 2011? An incident back in 2011? Four years ago. About four years ago. So there's an incident apparently back in February 17th. I'm sorry, July of 2011. I was about to say February 17th of 2011. But July of 2011, there was an incident at Walmart where allegedly a security guard saw a, a woman getting dragged out of a car or dragged to a car, you know, and, and you know, had a couple guys who came up to the scene and asked the alleged victim if they needed to some help, needed picking up. And so from there, apparently... Des Bryant pulled up with the girl, and the girl said she got into an argument with another man, not Des Bryant, and that ultimately police didn't pursue anything, nothing happened, and everything, you move on. But apparently, you know, you, you, as you were hearing about this video, the talk was this video was five times worse than Ray Rice. I've, I've heard someone say it was five times worse than a Ray Rice video. What a coincidence that at this point in time, when this man has an opportunity to get paid, when this man is, is, is about to get that big money deal, got to get that, that big contract, all these things start to come out. The Walmart incident starts to come out. Uh, the, the video of his, uh, his mother back in 2012 starts to come out. All these things are coming out. And now all of a sudden... Is it the Cowboys trying to devalue his 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 worth? <coughs> Excuse me. Is, is it a witch hunt on some level? Were they just looking to dig up things? I mean, we had a story. We heard a story during the regular season. <clears throat> Excuse me. Battle in this cold. We heard a story during the regular season where apparently cops came to his house for six about six times. But that really wasn't nothing. What are the Cowboys trying to do? Are they, are they trying to? Are the Cowboys, what's, what are they trying to do? Is it a case where the Cowboys maybe are, are, are leaking these things out? I'm not saying they are. I'm saying maybe. Maybe. Were they trying to leak things out? 
to devalue Dez, to to make Dez take a less a lesser contract than he might have taken if he, none of these incidents came out. I mean, is that what they're trying to do? I don't know. Or is there others in the league throwing this out out there? So the Cowboys maybe would have second thought on Dez Bryant. I don't know. It just seems not right. It, it, it just seems. Something seems not right here. Something seems iffy. Something it don't all add up for me. And even the sixth incident that we heard. You know, let's go through some of those incidents. And, and this is an older story, but you know, there were six incidents, and we're saying there's six incidents of police being called to Des Bryant's house. Let's look at these incidents. The incident back in 2011. You know, someone was calling or texting someone else who eventually made a good or a vow to call police if calls or texts didn't stop. And I'm reading this from ProFootballTalk.com. It's possible Brian was the person who called the police, but it wasn't a big deal. Second fire department called on September 16, 2011, because the baby inside the locked car was the keys inside the car. It happens all the time, but there was no names at this point in time. It happens to anybody. And these things are back in 2011. Third incident. Reported a stolen vehicle back in 2012, August of 2012. No record of who called the police. The fourth incident, uh, June of 2012, a burglary at the residence was reported. No mention of Des Bryant. Fifth incident was a reference to a neighborhood patrol. No, no details of an, or any indication of any incident taking place. And at that same time, during that time, the incident was reported the Cowboys were playing in Jersey with the, against the Giants. But nothing really led to anything. And I just feel like at this point in time, it's it's just fishy. It's suspicious to me that all these things are coming out right now. All these things have found a way to come out now. When Des Bryant was about to, is about to get paid. Right when he's about to get paid. I mean, that's that's suspect. That to me is suspect. And I'm suspicious of it. I don't even know if it's real. I mean, obviously the incident happened, but nothing was charged, nothing happened, it was nothing. It turned out to be nothing. So I'm suspicious. I'm suspicious of it. And you know, I, I, I mean, I'm not saying Des is an angel because he hasn't been an angel. But it seems like he he has done some maturing. I don't know how much, but a lot of these incidents are in the past. A lot of these incidents are in the past. And so my thing, since those incidents were in the past, let's just leave them there and let this dude move on and move forward. There is no, whatever video that's out there, it still hasn't been produced. If it's a video related to that particular incident back in 2011, no charges or nothing came of it. No one was arrested. Nothing happened. So let's just move on. And the Cowboys have a decision to make in terms of Des Bryant. Obviously, he's going to, they're either going to franchise him or sign him to a long-term deal. <clears throat> At least I think. I mean, you can't let him go. I don't think you can let Des Bryant go, especially 
the, the things that he brings to the table, especially the season that he has, especially with the Bills. This dude is, the best, is arguably the best wide receiver in this league, in the National Football League. The best wide receiver in, this, in the National Football League. He has a nose for the end zone. 16 touchdowns, led the league. He has a nose for the end zone. He gets into that end zone. It may be because he has such a nose for the end zone, it might have cost him that game against the Green Bay Packers because he was diving through the end zone. Maybe if he would have just secured the catch, even though he that, that was a catch. I'm not even going to talk about that. But anyway, he has a knack for getting into the end zone. 16 touchdowns last season. I mean, he, he got into the end zone. And so the Cowboys can't let that go. And so they got decisions to make, whether it's DeMarco Murray, figuring out what you're going to do with DeMarco Murray, whether you're not you're going to pay DeMarco Murray, or whether or not you could pay both DeMarco Murray and Des Bryant. I mean, those are things that have to be talked about, that have to be discussed. Obviously, you know, there's talk about Adrian Peterson and his desire to possibly want to go to the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, let's go to Adrian Peterson now. And I, I look at the whole situation, and, you know, as we know, it came out, he is going to be re- – he has been reinstated. The NFL is still fighting it. But at this point in time, he has been reinstated. He's back. He's off the suspension list. And, you know, NFL can still appeal, and they're going to appeal. But at this point in time, I, I look at the whole situation with Adrian Peterson, and, you know, kind of like, you know, the whole situation with Greg Hardy. And Greg Hardy at this point in time, I know he's convicted, but ultimately, you know, in the state of North Carolina, he has an opportunity to have a bench, have a jury trial. He had a bench trial initially. Now he was going to get a jury trial. Ultimately, the woman didn't show up. He may have paid her off. The woman didn't show up, and the case is gone. So technically, he's a free man, and technically there is no conviction at this point in time. He has not been convicted. He's good. Adrian Peterson, that's what he did was wrong, but – to me, he did it out of trying to be what I think was a, a, trying to be a good father. I think, I, I think his his intentions were pure, but I think he needed a little help in terms of how to properly be a parent. Has a pro, ha, you know, and and I think at this point in time, here in the National Football League, I, I, I think it's time for you to just move on from this situation. Get that behind you. You got the Ray Rice situation behind you. Get all these things behind you. Move forward. Because you messed up the Ray Rice situation. You could argue that you messed up the Adrian Peterson situation. Because the whole situation with Adrian Peterson, I mean, I I, I thought it it was when he came back, I, I thought it was time served. He should have been fine. It was a done deal. Let him play. But the, and I knew the NFL was going to do what they did. I knew the NFL was going to suspend him for the rest of the season. I knew it was going to happen. I knew they were going to do it. Because, again, they wanted to get it behind them. They wanted to move forward from it. And I felt they didn't want any of that distraction. They didn't want Greg Hardy uh, distraction. They didn't want the Ray Rice distraction. They didn't want any of it. Ray Rice got his situation overturned. Adrian Peterson got his situation overturned. And so now, at this point in time, all these guys have beaten the NFL. 
all these guys have beaten the NFL. And so with that being said, that being said, being that they beat in the NFL, I think it's time for the NFL to move on. I, I think it's time for the NFL to just forget about it. They messed up. But at the same time, they they made some changes to the rules in terms of, you know, the, in terms of if, you know, the personal conduct penalty, you know, change it to six games for guys. And, you know, they, they, they made the changes, reactive instead of proactive, but the changes were made. And I think at this point in time, it's, it's just forget about the appeal. Let Adrian Peterson come on back. Let's move past it. Let's forget about it. Because I think the longer you, 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 uh, you, know, you appeal this thing, the longer you keep this thing in the news instead of moving on. Instead of talking about Adrian Peterson, what his move's going to be on the field. Let's move on instead of sticking to the story and talking about this situation. Because now we're going to keep talking about it and keep talking about it. And I think you, if you're in the NFL, you don't want to keep talking about it anymore. You want to move forward from Ray Rice, move forward from Adrian Peterson. Move forward. I mean, this was a bad year for the NFL PR-wise. I mean, bad year for the commissioner. Bad year. Ray Rice, Adrian Peterson, Deflategate, Greg Hardy. You know, the, the list goes on and on, but it, it was a bad year. Roger Goodell, and, and if he was in most companies and most corporations, probably wouldn't have a job. But he does. He still has a job. Still gainfully employed by the National Football League. But, you know, you wonder how. But obviously he works for the owners. And the owners, all 32 are happy with what he's doing. They have no complaints. So they keep him on his job, on the job. But he, he messed up. And I think in order for us and everybody, the league and everybody included, in order for them to put these things behind them, they need to move forward. They need to forget about appealing this and let it move, let just let it go, let it go, let him back. You know, I think he served his time. I think the penalty that he received was harsh enough. He was exempt. He couldn't play. I know he got paid, but he couldn't play. And you know, so you're, you're taking away time from a guy running back. How much time does a running back really have? The body only has so many hits in it. And, but you can argue that I guess on some level it could be a benefit because he's now a year healthier. You know what I mean? He's, he hasn't taken the bumps and the bruises that he would have taken if he was on the football field for 15, 16 games. So, you know, I, I think we'll see what happens. But obviously the, the Adrian Peterson camp is none too happy with the Vikings. You know, they believe the Vikings really haven't supported them throughout this process. But every player you talk to, it seems like they're on board. Charles Johnson, we had on a few weeks back, he's on board in support of Adrian Peterson. He believes that Adrian Peterson should be allowed back, and he wants him back. And how could you not want him back? I mean, the team was built around the abilities of Adrian Peterson and what he brought to the table, and we all know he brought a lot to the table. You know, he could argue best running back in this league. And, you know, the Vikings missed him. Vikings were a 7-9 football team. They missed him. Maybe if Adrian Peterson's back, maybe that counts for two to three wins. And then seven and nine could be ten to six. And who knows about the possibilities of the playoffs. But anyway, it's time for the league to move on. It's time for everybody to move on. Time it may it might be time for Adrian Peterson to move on to another franchise in another situation. Get out of Minnesota, go to a new situation, 
And, you know, fans might be more inclined to forget what happened. They forget fast. People forget fast. In this whirlwind uh, world that we live in, all the technology and everything, people forget very fast. If Adrian Peterson comes back and comes on your team and he produces, people will forget. Unless you're Mike Vick, and people never seem to forget that. But even people did seem, I mean, you know, ultimately he got another $100 million contract, and ultimately he had success. And ultimately he was able to, you know, sell certain things. So on some level people did forget. People did forget. But at the same time, you know, there's still a segment of population that will never, ever forgive Michael Vick, no matter what. We'll never forgive him. Never. Cleveland Browns made a move today. Josh McCown will be joining the Browns. Three-year deal with the Cleveland Browns. Josh McCown, who went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after having a big-time season with the Chicago Bears uh, two years ago. He went to Tampa Bay, struggled a little bit, didn't really play that well. I mean, and, and so he's ultimately now with the Browns, and that means that Brian Hoyer is probably gone. Probably gone. You know, you wonder, is McCallum an upgrade over Hoyer? I don't know. This is not Mark Tressman's offense, and we know how much success McCown had in Mark Tressman's offense, but this is not Mark Tressman's offense. Brandon Marshall isn't walking through that door. Alshon Jeffries isn't walking through that door. Matt Forte isn't walking through that door. Martellus Bennett isn't walking through that door. But McCown has signed. And, you know, he, he was on, you know, he came, he went to other places, Bills, Jets, went to Bears as well. But the Browns wanted him. And, and I think that means Brian Hoyer is done. It's done in Cleveland. And, you know, I think Brian Hoyer gets another opportunity, but he's done in Cleveland. And I, I think, personally, that I would all I wouldn't be more inclined to take Hoyer over McCown. I think Hoyer is better than McCown. But I think with a Josh McCown at the age of thirty five, he's looking to start he's not he may not necessarily be looking to start in this league. Brian Hoyer is. Brian Hoyer's younger. So, you know, he's looking to start in this league. McCown may not be inclined to want to start in this league and would be more open at this point in his career, might be more open to be a backup to somebody. And who knows, looks like Tampa's probably going to take, not Tampa, but Cleveland. There's been talk that Cleveland has been thinking about moving up and possibly getting Mariota. There's been some reports out there that Cleveland might be looking at a quarterback, and they need a quarterback. Johnny Menzel, I don't think, is their quarterback. I don't think he's their quarterback at all. So they they need a quarterback. Their quarterback, as their offensive coordinator said, may not be in the building. May not be in the building. You wonder now if Johnny Menzel still will be the guy for the cap for the Browns. Will Johnny Menzel still be that guy? Or are they counting on Johnny Menzel right now currently in rehab? I mean, so are they counting on him to be their man? That's it's going to be interesting to see how that situation plays out. I thought 
again, I didn't think Johnny Manziel was an NFL quarterback at the time when they drafted him, and I still feel the same way. I still feel the same way. I don't think he's still the guy. I don't think he's the guy. And we'll see if that changes. But I don't think he's the guy at all. But free agency is right around the corner, March 11th. You know, when when this thing gets all going, it goes moves fast and furious those first few days. People can sign left and right those first few days. That's always exciting. Always an exciting sign. Let's go back to the NBA now. Larry Sanders. Larry Sanders, who was waived by the Milwaukee Bucks and apparently right now is in treatment, receiving treatment for anxiety and depression. And so you wonder, ultimately you, you hope everything works out for him. And he wrote he uh, wrote a piece in the Players' Tribune, and he talked about a quote, I knew, I know I disappeared for a while, people wondering where I was. I actually entered Rogers Memorial Hospital, and it was a program for anxiety and depression, mood disorders. It taught me a lot about myself. It taught me about what's important and where I want to devote my time and energy. You know, Sanders, you know, he's been struggling with a lot of things. You know, he was suspended a few games, five games, back in April for marijuana. He also wanted to say coming to this league, they dropped this large amount of money on out of nowhere. People automatically change around you. There's no one really trying to guide you, teach you what you should do and what you shouldn't do. So you get lost. You get your money stolen. And so... You wonder now, and Larry Sanders says he's not going to play at all again this season. He says he needs time and needs space to find his quote-unquote true purpose in life, whatever that may be. But it, you want, I mean, you can understand how guys can get caught up. You can understand how guys, you know, they get that money, they get that level of fame, have a level of success. I mean, they can buy a lot of different things, things they couldn't buy in the past. They can buy, you know, and and people notice it, and people can see and read the newspaper, watch SportsCenter, and see how much you make. They can see your contract. They can see the kind of money you got, the kind of money you're playing with. And so people want to figure out, what can Sanders do for me? What can Larry do for me? Can Larry... Pay, help me pay my bills. Can Larry buy me a new car? Can I pitch a, a business to Larry? And, of course, you have the females that are going to come. You know, well, Larry, oh, Larry. You know, they're coming because Larry Sanders, again, has money. Larry Sanders can do some of the finer things in life. People love it. They love it, and then they try to take advantage of it. But in the end, you hope Larry Sanders gets the help that he needs. You hope Larry Sanders can can become a better person. And hopefully through the rehab process, he can make that happen. And, you know, you, let's talk LeBron James. And not LeBron James, we're talking LeBron Jr. LeBron Jr. at this point in time is already, already receiving offers. 
receiving letters and scholarship offers. LeBron Jr., at the age of 10, receiving offers. They're receiving offers. I mean, it's crazy. And, you know, this whole AAU world is crazy. And LeBron James Jr. already receiving offers. Ten years old. That's 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 criminal. That's criminal. But, I mean, it, it's a competitive business. It's a competitive game, and everybody wants to try to get a leg up on each other. Everybody wants to try to get that guy, that blue chipper. Everybody's trying to get that blue chipper. And so... And in terms of trying to get that blue chipper, they're going to try to see if they can get him. Try to see if he can be, join their university and help give them a national championship, which would in turn give them money. LeBron James doesn't like it. I don't know. I can understand it. He believes it should be a violation. Probably should. And there was other stars I know other players. I mean, it's happened to other guys. It's crazy. It's really crazy. I mean, John Calipari was watching LeBron James Jr. last year. Thad Mata was on his, talked about LeBron James Jr. being on his radar. Crazy. As one Division One assistant put it, LeBron James Jr. can ball. He can ball. He can ball. Well, if he's anything like his daddy, then he can ball. If he's anything like his daddy, he can he can get it done. And, you know, apples don't go too far away from the tree. Apples don't go too far away from the tree. With that being said, maybe LeBron James, Maybe LeBron James Jr. can be just like his daddy, a chip off the old block, a, a guy who can do it all, pass it, just be a freak of nature, because that's what LeBron James is, an absolute freak of, freak of nature, a freak of nature. He's a freak of nature, man. There's no doubt about it. What he can do, what he has done is absolutely Special doesn't get no more special than what LeBron James brings to the table. None more special. When we come back, we're going to talk a tale of two Hamiltons. You'll figure it out when we come back. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that the Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat, and the Knicks have had. Some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but I just don't see anything in the playoffs time. When the playoffs come, it doesn't mean anything. I uh, was trying to throw you. you know I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. <laughs> We see what you can do. We seen it. I would never bring my wife around you. I just don't know what you're Come capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's Harley. That's not Roxy. That's called butter. 
All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. (laughs) And we're back. Go for it, blogtalkradio.com. Hit us up, 646-727-3070. Talk sports. Have fun doing it. That's what we do here week in and week out. Josh Hamilton. As we know, Josh Hamilton will be disciplined. He fell off the wagon again, but he will be disciplined. He admitted drug use to Major League Baseball. And at this point in time, you know, apparently it may have been been cocaine involved in it. And it's an unfortunate situation for a guy like Josh Gordon and everything he's overcome to this point. To get where he's at, it's a job, and it's very unfortunate. I mean, obviously, he was set down for a couple of years, 2003, 2005, because of substance abuse. You know, he was he was in therapy. I mean, uh, uh, he, he got all the treatment, went through the 12 steps. He had relapses in the past. I mean, 2009, 2012, issues with alcohol, relapse. I remember some pictures him and women in the bar and bars and whatnot during that relapse. I mean, it's an unfortunate situation. He's a guy that's been through so much and has accomplished so much and has overcame so much in terms of substance abuse. And you could argue that he has a disease. And, I mean, we can argue that. The people say it's a disease. I'm under the belief that it's a weakness. You know, I actually think it's a weakness. I believe alcohol, I think addiction is a weakness. And so here's the thing I'm trying to bring up now. And let me bring this up right now. When we talk about Josh Hamilton and when we talk about Josh Gordon, Josh Gordon of the Cleveland Browns suspended for a year, had issues with marijuana, recently was suspended because he was caught drinking alcohol. He got tested. Uh, alcohol, he got tested. There was alcohol in his system. And we all know he's in the program that he cannot have alcohol. But anyway, we talk about Josh Hamilton. We talk about Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon, we say knucklehead. We say thug. Josh Hamilton? We say he has a disease. We say he relapsed. We, 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 and, you know, he relapsed, he has a disease, and, you know, he's still fighting through his demons, so on and so forth. But there's more sympathy for Josh Hamilton than there is for Josh Gordon. And I know Josh Hamilton has admitted his issues, has admitted his fault, his flaws and his faults and everything. And, it's, you know, he's, he went to rehab, did all the things necessary to try to become a better person. I get all that. I get all that. But also look at Josh Gordon. And, you know, he says he doesn't have a problem, but just because you say you don't have a problem doesn't mean you don't have a problem. It's clear to me with Josh Gordon that he may have a problem. Josh Hamilton admitted his problem and tried to get the help necessary. Josh Gordon, I guess you could say that there is a level of denial. But at the end of the day, Josh Gordon had the situation – where, where, where he was tested, he tested positive for codeine. He was saying because it was an over-counter medication that he took for a strep throat. But he also had issues with marijuana. He got tested positive for marijuana uh, a few times. And, you know, ultimately he's suspended for a year. But here's the thing with Josh Hamilton. Josh Hamilton, I mean, this is cocaine. Cocaine and marijuana, two different levels here. 
Josh Hamilton was suspended for cocaine use as well as alcohol. Uh, well, he wasn't suspended for alcohol dependency, but he was suspended for cocaine use. So cocaine, marijuana, what's worse? If, if we're comparing it to what is worse, in the grand scheme of things, if you're smoking weed and you're snorting coke, what is worse? I mean, this at, at this point in our country, states all around our country are legalizing marijuana. I mean, marijuana has some uh, a lot of medicinal purposes. You know, whether it's for glaucoma, whether even it's for cancer. I mean, and so obviously, I'm not saying Josh Gordon is, is smoking marijuana for medicinal purposes. I'm not saying that at all. But at the end of the day, cocaine, marijuana, cocaine, marijuana. What's worse? What is worse? And you could all, and I'll say this. Josh Gordon knows that he couldn't drink, and he still was drinking. Josh Gordon knew he couldn't smoke weed, and he's still smoking weed. I mean, I, I get all that. I get all that. But at the same time, there is no sympathy for Josh Gordon. None. There is no sympathy for Josh Gordon. There seems to be a lot of sympathy for Josh Hamilton. A lot of sympathy for Josh Hamilton. None for Josh Gordon. A lot for Hamilton. None for Gordon. A lot for Hamilton. And none for Josh Gordon. And as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, I I can't say if it's racial. I, I can't, you know, I, I, I'm trying to figure this out myself. Could be racial. Could be, like I said, that Josh Hamilton admitted his fault. He admitted his fault and, and, and went to rehab. He admitted his fault and went to rehab. But at the same time, At the same time, at the same time, what is worse, a guy strung out on cocaine or a guy who smokes marijuana? Both are illegal in in a lot of places. But at the same time, you know, there's been a call to to decriminalize marijuana use. And then, you know, you're hearing that as well. I believe that Josh Hamilton's situation is worse than Josh Gordon. There's a, a segment of population, there's, there's a belief out there you really can't get addicted to marijuana. I don't know. I'm just going by what I read. But I, I think it's a situation now that I think it's unfair how Josh Gordon is being portrayed in comparison to Josh Hamilton. Just does not seem right. Let's take a caller. Hello, you're on Go For It. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to make a quick point that um, I, I think I agree with you that uh, that cocaine or, or crack cocaine that uh, Josh Hamilton allegedly is, is addicted to is worse than marijuana. But at the same token, if something's legal and something is illegal, alcohol, for instance, is legal in all 50 states in, in the United States. But one could argue that it's worse 
than marijuana or it's worse than cocaine or, or crack cocaine or any of the substances. I don't think the legality of it is so important. I, I think something that's keeping you from from doing your daily routine and in these guys, these guys, instance, it's, it's their sport or their practice or they're keeping their contract by keeping clean. It's, it doesn't make a difference whether it's legal or not. You know, if, if it's sad that if he can't pick up, you know, whatever it is, to, to keep his contract going. When I say that I'm talking about Josh Gordon, it, it, it's sad because I, I, you're right. A lot of these states are making marijuana legal, but if you can't control it and you let it control you, it doesn't matter what the substance is. You know. And, I mean, and, and and I, so, I, I, I mean that's a fair point. That is a fair point at the end of the day because, I, as I stated, you know, Josh Gordon knew that he couldn't smoke weed and he did it anyway. Josh Gordon knew. Well, he did say he said it was secondhand smoke. That's what he says. I don't know. He says. You know, and he knew he couldn't drink, and he did it anyway. Um, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I guess my point is I just feel like the way the public perception is of the two, the public perception of Hamilton, but, but, he's more of a I sympathetic think, figure. I think you hit the nail on the head when, when you said that Josh Hamilton went to the public and said, listen, I have a problem, and I want help. And then you have Josh Gordon, on the other hand, whom is making excuse after excuse after excuse, and, and, and he's not coming clean and saying, you know what, maybe I do have a problem. And I, and I think that has a lot to do with it. You know, what? people, if you're honest with people, they, they tend more to, to protect you than they do harm you. But this that guy is just true. making all these, these excuses up instead of just saying, you know what, I have a problem, whether it be with everything, because it seems like he's dabbled in everything, you know, or rather just say, make all these excuses up like, oh, we're secondhand smoke, and I had the codeine in my system because I had strep throat, and I had uh, alcohol in my system because I was at a at a party and somebody dropped it in my mouth. You know what I mean? Like maybe uh, it, where he is in, in life and everybody looking up to him, he should have just said, you know what, I, I have a problem and maybe I need to seek help and, instead of taking the, the backwards route and, and making all these excuses. That's just my and here's what Here's what the Josh Hamilton team should do. They're moving forward, what they should do, Check him into rehab, even if he doesn't necessarily have a problem with marijuana. Check him into rehab and and turn him into a sympathetic figure, the way Josh Hamilton has been turned into a sympathetic figure. If that's what I would do, if I'm Team Gordon, whether he has a problem or doesn't have a problem, I'm putting him in rehab and I'm saying this dude is going to try to get some help and he's going to come out, hopefully become a better person. Even if he doesn't have a problem, I'm going to say he's going to rehab. That's what I would do. And if Absolutely. I'm Team Ham, uh, Team Gordon. But we'll see what happens. Thank you for your call. Thank you. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's just an interesting situation when it comes to these two and their two situations. And we'll see if Gordon Hamilton, how much time he gets, he'll he get. But he's probably going to get suspended. And Josh Gordon is suspended for a year. But I think at the same time, we need to, to figure out why Hamilton gets more sympathy than Gordon. Could it be race? Could it be race? We'll let you decide that. You can listen to this show and other great shows at blogtalkradio.com slash pgan, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at GoForIt, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. Hit us up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash GoForIt, and make sure you listen to us each and every Friday, 7 o'clock, here on blogtalkradio.com slash pgan. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. See you later. Take care. Bye!